I'm going to talk about the Omer. That's why I had Nathaniel lead with that instead of follow with that. Several strange things are going on, besides the fact that lots of strange things are going on. It's interesting that the lockdown lasted through Passover and Resurrection. And then immediately after, they started, all right, we need to start getting things open. The Surgeon General of the United States, I don't remember what context it was, he says, this is really odd that this happens during Easter. And he's a Christian, not a Messianic. I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about God shaking things. And in the context of Hebrews, what we have left is that which cannot be shaken. So what I'm suggesting to you is all of this stuff that's going on is attended by the enemy for evil. But God is using it for good because what he's doing is he is shaking his people. Look at the things he's taken away from us. How many people worship sports? Sports are gone. How many people worship entertainment? Entertainment is gone. In fact, my my wife was looking at the internet this morning and she said, oh, this is going to be bad because days of our lives is running out of episodes and they can't make any more. So here you have all the housewives out there with all their families and husbands home and the soap operas are all going dark. Work has been taken away from a lot of people. There's just all sorts of stuff that God has cut away. And one of the things that I am hoping very much is that that is going to lead to a general revival. Over the history of the United States, there have been a number of great revivals. And I'm going to suggest we're probably about due for one. And what I'm going to suggest to you is this may be the event that God uses to kick that off, even though it is intended by the enemy for evil. Now, what I want to talk to you about is the Omer. I want to talk to you about Yovel. And I want to talk to you about slavery. Because both of those things are intimately connected with slavery. What do I mean? First off, there are two sequences in Scripture of 7 times 7 plus 1. And Mark, when he was reading, read both of them. So what you have is what we're in right now, which is the counting of the Omer. And you are to count seven Sabbaths, and then add one more day, so you are at the 50th day. And that's, of course, where we get the name Pentecost, which is the Greek for 50th. You also then have the same thing that happens in years. So you're to count seven years, seven times, plus one year. So the sequence is exactly the same. So Yovel, or Jubilee, as it's known in most uh, English-speaking countries, is the 50th year. And what happens at Jubilee is not only do the slaves go free, but everybody returns to his land. So it's intimately connected with freeing people. Sort of uh, God's global reset for Israel. Because one of the things that happens... And it's very human, and there's nothing sinister about it. Is in any kind of a free economic system, the clever ones are eventually going to wind up running the table. They just do. That's human nature. 
It isn't sinister. There's nothing wrong with it. So what God does every 50 years for Israel is he says, all right, all you clever folks, what we're going to do is we're going to reset. And we're going to put all of the people back on the land because the land is the ultimate source of wealth. And we're going to start over. Now what he does not say to the clever ones who've run the table is you've got to give all your money back. He didn't say that. But what he says is you've got to release your slaves and you've got to turn the land back to the people that I put it on. That's your bell. And what you do then is every 50 years everybody gets a fresh start. Now again, the clever ones who have amassed gold and cattle and all that, they get to keep that. You don't have to give that back. So it isn't communism or socialism where they take everything away from you but it's a reset if you screwed up your life if you screwed things up if you sold your land all that kind of stuff you get a reset every 50 years then you get to start over and you may then again screw it up again I mean you know he doesn't guarantee that this start over is going to do everybody good but he makes it happen so that's Yovel where we are now is in the period of the Omer And the only place the Omer is used, by the way, is with the grain offering. It starts on the Sabbath after Passover. What happened at Passover? God pulled his people out of Egypt. What were his people before they got pulled out of Egypt? They were slaves. So what happens on Passover is God pulls his people out of Egypt And he says, you are now going to begin a process of coming to me. And that process is going to take 50 days. Because if you'll notice in the scripture, although it doesn't say this precisely, but it's true, Sinai happens 50 days from first fruits. Now, one of the things you may remember, for those of you who were last week, one of the things that the church has done when they have changed all their days you know they they went through all this herky-jerky to get Easter to match up with a solar calendar instead of doing it the way the Hebrews do it which is an agricultural calendar and what they've done is they've cut themselves off from the days that God established and one of the things I said last time is God established Sabbath at creation he established Passover when he promised Abraham in Genesis 15 that his progeny would inherit and be like the stars of the sky and that there would be a period of slavery and remember they came out 430 years to the day after that and to the day by the way is the day Abraham got the promise so the day of Passover was established at least as far back as the promise to Abraham so it is not the case that Passover is established by Israel's release from Egypt. Israel's release from Egypt happened on the Passover day that God had established from the beginning. And similarly, Messiah's sacrifice didn't just occur randomly on Passover. It occurred exactly on the day that God did establish. So these days are really important. And what I'm saying to you is, that the days that we are in now where we are counting up to the time of the giving of the Torah and then 1500 years later to the time of the giving of the Holy Spirit those days are important 
And the fact that God says, I want you to count them, indicates that he wants us to go through a process of getting from resurrection to Sinai. Getting from resurrection to the upper room where the Holy Spirit is going to be given. That's a process. And what you're doing is you are starting off as slaves. And you are then moving to a place where you are in the presence of God. It is not the case that God could just dust everybody with manna. And all of a sudden we would go from being slaves to being free people in his presence. The process of coming out of slavery is something that takes time because it takes time to get rid of the mindset of being a slave. In fact, for those of you who know your Civil War history, Lincoln emancipated the slaves. A whole bunch of them never left. They continued to work at the same plantation. They continued to work at the same job. In other words, the legal act of making you free doesn't make you free. The thing that makes you free is your connection to God and a mindset of a free man. That's the thing that makes you free, not some legal edict. So what God is doing is he's starting off at the Sabbath after Passover, and barley is traditionally regarded as animal feed. It is less desirable than wheat. Harder to deal with, harder to make, all that kind of stuff. So barley is animal chow. When you get to Shavuot or Pentecost, what do you bring before the Lord? Two loaves of wheat bread that are leavened. So what you're doing is you are going from animal chow to people chow in 50 days. What you are doing is you're going from becoming property In other words, a slave is owned by someone. And a slave, I will tell you, doesn't get the best food. The best food goes to the free people. The slave just gets whatever it is that's going to keep him functioning so he can keep doing his job. So the idea then is you start off as a slave eating slave chow, barley, and you come 50 days later to the foot of the mountain with God and you are fed with people chow. All of this is a process and everything about that process is symbolic. And everything about that process speaks of slavery. So how do you become a slave? You become a slave by listening to the flesh, your animal nature. That's how you become a slave. Isn't that how Eve, when she ate of the improper fruit, she became a slave to sin. We're going through Romans right now on Tuesday. And Paul says, in my mind, I know what I'm supposed to do. I understand the requirements of God's law. I understand what kind of behavior I'm supposed to do. But my flesh over here, it gets me to doing stuff that I know is wrong. So what Paul is doing is listening to his animal side, which we all have and we all do, instead of listening to the side of him that's connected with God. And he says, wretched man that I am. The thing I want to do, I don't do. And the thing I don't want to do, I do. This is Paul. The guy that wrote all those letters in the Bible, you know, that Paul. 
And I'm going to suggest to you that he probably had a better connection to God than most people who are listening here. They, I mean, you know, this guy's an apostle. Christ talked to him. And he still has problems with the flesh. So if we look at coming out of Egypt, we have sold ourselves into slavery by listening to the animal side of our nature. We are being fed animal chow. And then there is a process of 50 days where we move toward Sinai, where we become fully human, where we become fully free, where we get fed the best, the wheat. One other thing, numbers. Seven times seven plus one. Seven is the number of Shabbat. It's the number of completion. It also represents something that is outside of the created order. And most of you have heard me say this before. Everything that is in the created order has six sides. Front, back, left, right, up, down. You can describe anything as front, back, left, right, up, down. That's the extent of the creation. So one beyond that is your connection with God outside of the creation, supernatural, if you will. That's why the number seven shows up all over the Bible. It is one past the created order. It's the place where you connect with God outside of creation. And then what eight means is a new beginning. You start over. So you have seven times seven, seven complete cycles, and then you step off into a new creation, the 50th. And it's interesting that Yovel doesn't happen at the beginning of a month. Yovel starts on Yom Kippur. Really odd. Because that's the day that God accepted Israel's repentance. And he says, all right, now we can step off anew. Seven times seven plus one. All of that is important. If it wasn't important, God wouldn't talk so much about it, and he wouldn't tell you to remember it, and he wouldn't tell you to do it. Where we are right now, the United States, the world, America, etc. I'm now switching from Bible talk to current events talk. We have sold ourselves into slavery, and we have done it very gradually over the years. One of the hallmarks of a slave or of a farm animal, same thing, is that somebody else makes his decisions for him. In other words, somebody who owns the slave says, all right, go here, do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. So all of your decisions are made for you. Furthermore, whose job is it to feed the slave? The owner. The owner is responsible to feed the slave, the owner is the one who makes all of the important decisions for the slave. Well, look at what we've got right now. Somebody has said, oh, all of you people have to stay in your house. You can't go out. Did you make that decision? Somebody made that decision for you. Somebody is saying, oh, you're not working. We'll go ahead and print up some money and give it to you so you can buy food. Everybody see what's going on? And what's happened over a period of more than a century is we have gradually sold ourselves into slavery. And right now, 
the slave master is clamping down just to prove he can do it. That's what we're going through right now. It's significant that this happened on Passover because there's another force working in the world. I read an interesting article, a guy named Victor Davis Hanson, brilliant guy. If you don't know him, anything by him is worth reading. He's a farmer in California, second or third generation farmer, brilliant guy. And he says, the reason the country is on lockdown is because the people have consented to it. Because if you go back to the founding of the United States, who is the sovereign in the United States? We the people. We the people formed this government. We the people formed this republic. We the people are sovereign. Quite frankly, there are not enough cops in the world to control us. There aren't. But what we've done is we have sold ourselves into slavery and we have said, okay, we'll have experts over here make our decisions for us. We'll have the government provide us with income and with food. We'll become voluntary slaves. Because being free is really scary. Being free is frightening. So what Satan does is he gradually encroaches and he gradually sort of herds you into the pen and you never notice that you're being herded into a pen because, well, there's an expert there that says it's really dangerous out here and if you go walking around in a grocery store, you could get sick and die. And gee, there are lots and lots of people here that they, they can't make enough money, so what we got to do is we've got to support them. And gradually, the fence gets smaller and smaller and smaller so right now the fence is your living room what Satan does is he controls us through fear and lies there aren't tanks out there herding everybody into their houses we're doing it to ourselves because we've been herded in and we have believed the lie. now don't get me wrong there is always a plague as I've said to you before last couple of times I've talked to you Go to the World Health Organization website. There is always a plague available. Plagues are real. People die during plagues. Plagues are contagious. That's their nature. There's always one available. What isn't always available is Satan saying, this plague is going to be the one that I'm going to use right now. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to herd you all into a corner and I'm going to terrify you with this plague and I'm going to make sure that you do not wake up and cease to become slaves. That's what's going on. And again, don't get me wrong, there is in fact a real plague going on. People are truly getting sick and dying. That is a true thing. But they always get sick and die. That's always the case. So, what I'm suggesting to you is we are now entering a 50-day process of coming out of slavery. Remember, I said the fact that this happened on Passover is not a coincidence. And what God has provided us with is a pattern on how you come out of slavery, how you cease to be property and you come to be a free man or woman. And what's happening now is 
people are waking up and saying, wait a minute. And they're doing things like clogging up the capitals with their cars and saying, no, we're not going to do this. Because if the people rise up and say, no, we're not going to do this, there isn't enough power to control us. And what God has said is you can't just flip a switch and turn somebody from a slave into a free man. It's a process. And it takes 50 days. And so what I'm saying to you is you should be using this time, this period, as you are counting the days toward Shavuot, the giving of the Holy Spirit, the giving of the Torah, when you stand in the presence of God as a free man. You use this time to move yourself attitudinally out of your mindset of slavery where you accept the word of all of these experts which have been wrong every time. You accept the word of all of these experts and you do what you're told like a good little slave and you move to the point where we the people of the United States reassert control over the country. That's why this period right now is so important. Because your feet are moving from Egypt to Sinai. You need to make sure your mind goes with them. And you need to start looking at the stuff that the bureaucracy is throwing at you and you need to be extremely critical. These people hold themselves up as being experts. They are not. They are people just like you. Some of them are smart, some of them are dumb. A lot more of them are dumb than they let on. Now, one of the things I am going to say is what was supposed to have happened after the Exodus is everybody goes to the base of the mountain. God was going to write his word on the hearts of his people. You've all heard this before. I'm going over it quickly. The idea was God was going to speak his word directly into the hearts of his people. People freaked and said, stop. If we hear him anymore, we're going to die. Moses, go up there and find out what he's got to say. Come on down. You talk to us. We can hear you. We can't hear him. That's when we got tablets of stone. Then we went into the golden calf. Then we went into Yom Kippur. The original plan, plan A, was 50 days, get to the foot of the mountain, get the word of God written on your heart, and step off and go take the land. That was what was supposed to have happened. It didn't because we have hearts of stone. So that process took 40 years. And the reason it took 40 years is because of A, hearts of stone, and B, fear. Remember the sin of the spies. What were they afraid of? Giants. And I will tell you what's keeping you enslaved is giants, giant bureaucracies, giant governments, giant organizations. They're all too big for us to, to get rid of. They're all too big for us to challenge. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. That's what we're dealing with. That's the thing that is keeping you enslaved, is fear of the giants. And Joshua and Caleb says, we are able to take them. If God is with us, we are able to take these giants. But recognize that a lot of the stuff that we have built and allowed to grow up, and we did it to ourselves, we did it to ourselves, a lot of this stuff we now regard as giants that we're afraid of. And what I'm saying is, 
as you get to the foot of the mountain, Shavuot, understand that slaying giants is entirely possible. And that's why I'm praying for a revival of God's people. That's why I'm praying for God's people to wake up and realize that we the people are sovereign. And these giants that we have allowed to inhabit the land will succumb to a sling. You know, David, with this sling, I'm not advocating violence. We don't need violence. What we need to do is get people together, get them to realize what it is, get them to stop living in fear of the giants, and tell the giants to take a hike. And interesting enough, there are people just like us that inhabit the homes of the giants. They're our allies. So just because somebody is in a bureaucracy doesn't mean he couldn't be an ally. This particular giant has got traitors in his midst. Use them. <laughs>